What's up, everyone? Oh, <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> Some of my feedback was uh, not to uh, be so just zane. So uh, let me try that again. <clears throat> uh, welcome to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to inform you that this podcast has absolutely nothing to do with the series that was before it or the series that is about to come, which, by the way, that is releasing really soon and make sure you don't miss out on it. I did want to write just a piece that I had some thoughts on and I just wanted to share it in this space. So if you're not exhausted about COVID-19, which I would not blame you whatsoever if you are, but if you're not, this piece may be something for you to look into. Now, I highly encourage you, especially when listening to this or sharing this with other people, that you take the actual words that I say in the very beginning very serious. Without further ado, hope you enjoy this writing. Life would do us a solid if everything came with a warning label. Granted, many warning labels are TMI, or if we're honest, we don't want to pay attention to them in the first place. The other night I heard on TV, one was declared, warning, this medication may cause drowsiness, fatigue, and uncontrollable bowel movements. Who thought that line was a reassuring line? After hearing that warning label, I could guarantee you one thing. Even though I don't know what all is entailed in having uncontrollable bowel movements, I guarantee you that if I took that medication, I would experience all the feelings listed, including fatigue and drowsiness. I prayed on it for a while. It's not worth it to me. Definitely will never take that medicine. That is a nightmare. Warning labels at their best, though, give us a gentle, non-bowel-moving picture of what's ahead in our future. Each of us could probably look back in our lives and think, hmm, yeah, I, uh, I could have used a warning label at that time. Can you imagine it? Warning, if you eat this, you will see this again. Warning, if you respond to that text right now while you're angry, you will regret that for the next thousand conversations to come. Warning, if you add that much weight to that bar, you will feel it for weeks to come. Life doesn't offer warning labels to us. But right now, more than ever, I think it would be a great time for them. In the midst of so much content that's being written about the current situation that we're all facing, I felt the need to write a certain type of piece. Now, this podcast does come with a warning label, because I do want to talk about COVID-19, but I believe that because people learn in different emotional places, Everything needs to be identified for people in a specific season and place. Because everyone is in a different place, people need to hear different things. So in effort to honor this principle that I'm holding, I would like to inform you that this podcast has a warning label that is particularly just for a group of people. And this isn't for everyone in any emotional place right now. So here's a couple of the warning labels that come with this podcast. I'd warn those who are exhausted hearing about COVID-19 that this podcast is most likely not for you right now. 
I'd warn those who are in a constant state of anxiety in regards to the virus that this podcast is not written for you. I've actually got several friends that I think are writing for the place that you're in. If you want to email me or DM me, uh, I would love to help you get connected with them. I'd warn those of you who find God talk off-putting that this podcast is probably not going to be of an interest to you. And finally, I would warn all of you who love the consuming facts and stats and best hygiene practices that this podcast is probably going to leave you dissatisfied. So who's this podcast for then? This podcast is for those of you who are wrestling inside yourselves right now with what to do with the loss and the confusion and the strangeness that's going on. This podcast is for those who no longer want to physically or metaphorically sit on their hands. And you know what? One more group while we're at. For those who know things are already changing in response to this virus and don't know where to begin in changing with it. If those statements resonate with you, I welcome you to continue this conversation with me. If you heard the warning labels a minute ago and thought of the famous quote from Pitch Perfect, hmm, better not, I know, my British accent, very poor, then I invite you to pause this episode and do whatever you need with it. That's trash it, walk away from it, save it for another time, because our conversation is about to begin right now with it. There's a story that many are processing right now, and I think really for good reasons with all that's happening with COVID-19. The story comes from the Christian scriptures, and it's a story of Jesus healing a man with limitations. The story kind of contains a plethora of details, including Jesus creating this concoction of mud and spit to heal the man's vision. But interestingly enough, one of the details that needs our attention isn't with the mud pie skills that Jesus can display to you. It's actually with the group of men who are with him because they ask a question that sounds something along the lines of, what caused this man's limitation? It's a natural question that humanity likes to throw around all the time in our brains. I like to call it the cause and effect thinking. It's the temptation to think that if you can uncover the why behind something, that we will automatically feel relief from the effect or the discomfort of the what is happening. Their question, in a sense, does get answered by Jesus, but it's very in a Jesus juke kind of fashion. Uh, have you ever noticed that Jesus tends to be in that mode of operation a lot? It's almost like he's a man who could be an expert at sidestepping questions. I've actually heard a lot of experts say that throughout all the encounters, Jesus asked 31 questions throughout all of the Gospels. And do you want to guess how many he actually answers? Three. Yep, three. That's barely enough to play one round of two truths and a lie. Trust me, because I tried it. In many regards, that's a frustrating characteristic to know about Jesus. One source of encouragement to recognize about that, though, is that Jesus is doing something with it. The closer we get to Jesus' answers, the closer we get to discovering why Jesus doesn't necessarily answer the questions we ask. Jesus loves to answer questions, but he just likes to answer better questions than the one you or I like to come up with. 
Many times our questions really don't lead anywhere helpful in discovering God. In many ways, our questions reveal more about what we think about God than what we're actually seeking from God. And this story that many are reminding themselves of right now is a great example of Jesus answering a different question than the one that is asked. Jesus doesn't care to partake in answering the world's question of why did this happen, but rather Jesus is interested in us answering how should we view confusing and limiting moments we encounter in life. Take it from Jesus. Asking a good question does something to us, and often it makes us do something about the thing we're asking about. A kingdom friend and I were reflecting on how much our time has changed since, I don't know, the world started burning all of a sudden. When I say the phrase kingdom friend, I'm simply talking about someone who is also desiring to align their life with the kingdom of God like I'm attempting to do every day. Projects that both of us had been working on in our local church had been put on hold. We both kind of recognized how quickly our time reallocated from these unique projects to responding to these basic need projects in our community. And I could tell that there was a question that we were both swirling around in our heads. Although we never asked it, I could hear us asking the question, were the things we were working on before all of this with COVID-19 was as important as the things we're working on now? And I think that question is valid. I think it's also revealing. I believe this question organically reveals the ebb and flow of the Christian life. There is a time for formation of why things matter to us in the Christian faith, and there is a time for informing the world we truly believe in what we've been forming ourselves to. Here's another way to say it. There is a time to form the words behind why our faith matters, and there is a time to hold our word to the words that we've spoken about our faiths. In moments like this, it's tempting to look back at the past couple of years of, you know, worshiping and grabbing coffee and discussing spiritual topics. And these practices kind of seem minuscule um, to ways that people are responding to being the hands and feet of Jesus right now. But I want to encourage us, they are not separate. They go hand in hand together. They prepare us to not spend time on the unnecessary questions and spend time on the right questions when the time comes that the world is asking them. To paraphrase the story from earlier with Jesus, Jesus answers the men, but not in this deep philosophical lecture about the origin and the existence of pain and how that happens and sounding very fancy about it. The answer Jesus gives is one of talking about this as a moment. To use the words he actually uses in the moment, is he says, this is a moment where the glory of God can be revealed. If I were to translate that into more simple words and non-religious words, I would say something along the lines of, Jesus is insisting to his friends that this is an opportunity to see that God is true, that God is good for all, and that God is is so majestic that God is moving as we speak. 
It's almost as if Jesus is saying, don't miss the opportunity to answer the pain, the confusion, the struggle around you with the answers that will most likely help you come to know the God that I know. We have the ability to miss it, and we miss it all the time. But rest assured, the pain, confusion, and struggle you and I are facing is one that is not the first of its kind that the world has been waiting on answer. I remember taking history classes where anytime we started talking about the 14th century in Europe and around Asia, there was an era that was known as the Black Plague or also known as the Black Death, where um, there was a total of about 20 million lives that were ultimately taken because of this pandemic. And anytime people talk about this point in history, Christians during this moment responded to the questions in the hurt of the world. And we still remember how they answered it today. People who knew Jesus were known for giving their lives for the last moment of other people's lives when they were ill. One great sister of this generation, which you'll hear her name all the time in this era, is Julia of Norwich, who pinned this memorable moment, dare I say, answer to the ache of the world by assuring everyone by saying, all shall be well, and all shall be well, and all matter of things shall one day be well. These are the words that people still choose to remember from this generation of Christians from a long time ago. And here's the best news. If you're a follower of Jesus, you stand on the shoulder of these people. The thing that the world needs most when we are handed moments or opportunities for the glory of God to be revealed, is not an explanation, but perspiration, which brings us to this moment we find ourselves in today, and you in particular. I believe our moment in history is now up. Either for weeks or years or decades, we've claimed our faith in God through Jesus, and now is one of these rare moments where we are handed the opportunity to tell the world about it. The point I would like to make in this podcast is possibly for you to consider answering a different question than many of the questions that the world is throwing at us right now. It seems many people are trying to get caught up in the question of why and explaining how God is working in this and why uh, all this is coming about. It seems as though the question that Jesus and those who follow Jesus need to concern themselves with, though, is not why, but how do we participate in the glory that God is revealing in this moment? This, to me, seems like a question generations before us have spent answering more than the former of why, and now I believe it's our turn. In the midst of our answers, I've heard a lot of words, and I think some of those words are very valid words in thinking about what the response of Jesus' followers are. Some of the words that I sometimes am wrestling with are words like safety and love and other, precaution, protect, sustainability, self, responsibility, just to name a few. And there's nothing inherently bad with those words and using them to create an answer for what we need to be doing during this time. But there is one thing that I want to ask of those who are in the first third of life to evaluate. I want us to evaluate our intentions and motivations behind some of the words and phrases that we're throwing around. 
because all cards on the table, I want to make sure that we're not disguising fear and disengagement and sloth and safety by drenching it in these actions with socially accepted jargon. This is our moment to reveal the glory of God. And by glory of God, we just mean God's active work in the world, God's goodness, God's ultimate desires. And if it hasn't set in yet, let's help it sink in. This is a moment in history that you will be asked about for decades to come. One day, your grandchildren, they will say, Grandpappy, Grandmama, those are the two I would love to be called. Actually, just Grandpappy, but that's another podcast for another time. Your kids will ask you about this one day. People will read about us in history one day. And this is an opportunity to answer the right question for the world. This is a chance for you to answer the world, not why, but how your faith matters. And let me remind us, safety can never be at the root of our intentions and motivations because it does not inspire us to respond in great ways to these moments. If anything, the best word to use right now may be responsibility. We have a responsibility for others. We have a responsibility for the flourishing of others. We have the responsibility to take care of those who can't take care of themselves. Our safety, though, is not our number one priority for those who are learning how to walk into the reality that God has said is already for you and with you. The times around us and the condition of people are changing, which means everything will change. And I encourage you to allow God to change you in this time. It's unavoidable. My hope is that you will take this opportunity to answer the question, how will you change to reveal the glory of God that's happening around you? Now, I know that that's a pretty statement, and it has zero teeth to actually help you go anywhere. So if you want to think about answering this question, I have some very practical questions for you to write down and for you to sit with this week. Maybe to use it in your centering time, maybe to use it in your quiet time, maybe for you to discuss with the people in your house. But these questions will help lead us to that bigger question of how will you change to reveal the glory of God? All right, are you ready for these questions? I'll go very slow in between each of them for you to be able to record or think on it. First one, is there a role you can fulfill for others that they can no longer fulfill? Is there a role you can fulfill for others that they can no longer fulfill? Are there desires or rhythms you can sacrifice for the well-being of others? Are there desires and rhythms you can sacrifice for the well-being of others? Are there financial needs you can meet with your financial excess? Are there financial needs you can meet with your financial excess? Here's a big one. Strap in. Are there conversations, sins, or convictions that you have the time and space to share with your roommate or your spouse, 
or your kids? Are there conversations, sins, or convictions that you have the time and space to share with the people in your home? You know, sometimes the ability to not be able to walk away is a grace in and of itself. And the last question, does the inner voice in your head filter doing or not doing something through your own safety or through the responsibility of the well-being of others? Does the inner voice in your head filter doing or not doing something through your own safety or your responsibility for the well-being of others? I believe the world is waiting for a response. I believe these questions will help get you to the answer that we're searching for. Like many of you, I don't have the answers really on what the future is going to hold. Each week, it seems like the extension, the domino effect of this are going to go longer. We do know one thing will be true, though, when we reach the other side of this pandemic. The glory of God will be seen in amazing ways. And if I might add, it most likely will not be in the ways that Facebook and Twitter and CNN and Fox News will suggest to you. Let's come out the other side of this, of being a Christian generation who answered the challenge of engaging and recognizing God. If we're open to it, God will change the world through how he changes us in our suffering. As I've said before, precautions, social distancing, best practices are all good things. If you're struggling with anxiety, please listen to the steady voice of God through the steady voices of other people out there. This podcast isn't meant for you. If you have health concerns or limitations, know that we're here to walk through you. And once again, this podcast is not written to you. But to those of you who are in your first third of life, I desperately urge you, do not miss out on the ways that you can be a part of God's glory now, because you'll recognize it when it comes again. Do I think some of the changes and risk you need to take ahead of you are going to be easy or comfortable or convenient? Nope. Do I think it's worth energy and sacrifice? Absolutely. And you know why? Because your sister, who was in a much worse time in history, who faced a pandemic that's very similar to the one today, reminds us through her words, all shall be well, and all shall be well, in all manner of things. One day shall be well.